Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast brought to you by Site Visibility. Today I'm with PJ Tarty from Uscreen and we're going to be talking about how to build your own Netflix. I'm really excited about today's discussion because I've wanted to have a video on demand orientated discussion for quite a while now. I'm interested in that world. In 2020, I became a more frequent Roku user and so I've become aware more of the on demand video content that you can get that's outside of the major platforms. So welcome to the podcast, PJ. Absolutely. Happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. No problem. Do you want to just introduce yourself to our listeners, let them know a little bit more about you and about Uscreen? Absolutely. Yeah. My name's PJ. I grew up pretty much in Maryland. I live in the city now in Washington, D.C. And I started a company called Uscreen about six and a half years ago. It's my second company, but my first SaaS company. My first company was a web hosting company. It was called WebNet Hosting. I had it for 14 years and um, I learned a lot and I helped a lot of companies sell physical goods online. Um, Towards the end of that journey, as the company wasn't really growing as much, I started to look for other opportunities and I ran into, um, you know, platforms that didn't do a good job with monetizing videos. And that's where I started Uscreen and it's been an awesome journey And I'm really excited to uh, really take on the challenges that running a bootstrap SaaS company brings. And we are bootstrap. We've never had outside funding. We're fully profitable. We grow 100 plus percent each year, especially in the last three years. The first three years were not like that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm really excited to be on the show and share my experience and uh, talk to the audience. And I'm just interested in that journey into video and into the SaaS world. So prior to that, you hadn't been in the SaaS world. Had you been really, had you been an advocate for video? Have you always been interested in the video world or was that new to you five years ago or so as well? Yeah, that's a good question. I actually was. I've always been interested in video. Of course, I like photography too, but I like video more. Back in the day, uh, this is in like the mid 90s, I was, you know, I don't know. I was really young and I was just playing with uh, camcorders, eight millimeter camcorders. And I was always carrying these big eight millimeter camcorders around and I've always liked video. So then obviously now you have the phone and it's so easy to capture video. It was really hard back then. Um, But I've always had an interest in video 
And um, it's crazy how far it's come, especially in the last decade, and it's going to continue to expand. Even just five years ago. So, you know, we had YouTube, Netflix, we had video on demand platforms, but it seems the growth in video on demand platforms and people taking more accountability for their own channels Mm -hmm. seems to have really risen in this last two to three years. And as I mentioned in the intro, I'm, I'm jumping on devices like Roku now or Fire TV and seeing people going straight to video on demand platforms to post their content or to put their channels behind paywalls or to monetize them. So it must be a really exciting time. Five years ago, could you have predicted where we are now? Did you see that coming, the the creators taking channels into their own control more? Yeah, no, I didn't, to be honest. And the pandemic that really has shed light on accelerating content consumption, right? Which then has accelerated the different ways to use video and monetization is one of them, right? You, Mm. you're going to want to get paid for your content. It's not easy to create good content, especially videos. So a lot of people now obviously look for monetizing, but not just that they want to make a living. They want to create an earning. So launching a video subscription service, a membership site, ultimately, And then being able to put it on Roku and all these different apps is just one of those other services that we provide for the membership site is really what everyone's looking to do. They're looking to monetize content. So what the pandemic did is it significantly accelerated the adoption of such tools for monetization. Five years ago, I did not think that this was going to be a massive industry, right? It's still pretty niche. Remember, there's so many ways to monetize content, right? You can sell an individual video. You can monetize a Zoom class. You can monetize a podcast. You can monetize a single video or a course. You can launch a membership site. There's so many ways to do that. So it's still pretty niche. With us, you need video. You need a video catalog. You got to probably want to sell subscriptions and you might have interest in the apps. So we're still very bottom of the funnel. Because of that reason, it's still a niche industry. You need to have a specific need to want to use our service. But five years ago, I would not have expected it to be as big as it is now. Mm. And so let's maybe break down use screen and the product a little bit more for our listeners so they can understand the types of people that use the platform, use your services, and that might open up ideas for our listeners about how they can use your platform or a platform like yours too. So I think that, I mean, I personally, I'm familiar with, I'm familiar with the concept of people taking media into their own hands. So on this podcast, we've spoken about influencer marketing before and people becoming their own brands. But I think what I've started to see over the last five years or so, and as I said, particularly in the last two to three years, is now influential people, creators thinking, well, actually, I don't need to just do that. I can create my own network. So, you know, economically and just in trends in marketing, we see the gatekeepers removed from a lot of different industries. We saw it in publishing with Amazon. We've seen it in Airbnb technology solution for hospitality. Uh, and so forth. And I think now with you screen and what we're seeing with video on demand is actually you're not limited to your own channel. If you want to, you can create your own network, which I'm sure might, we might go on to as well. But to break that down for me, can you maybe start with some examples of the types of people that have been using your platforms and 
particularly any trends that you've seen during the pandemic, as you referenced there? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And we can definitely dive into owning your platform per se, Mm -hmm. right? Removing the gatekeeper and just not being part of a marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, what's the difference of launching YouTube subscriptions, right? Versus uh, a subscription side of your own. So we can definitely jump into that. But let's first go to the first question that you had of the different types of content. The most popular, I would actually say, or the most popular ones, there's a few and evenly kind of spread out. And I'll start with the easiest one first, which relates to most people. It's health and wellness. Very common. You have Peloton, you have Mir, you have all these different connected devices at home. Our customers will also launch their own streaming type services, right? So health and wellness is very popular. We work with SoulCycle. Their complete uh, rentals for uh, the classes is on our platform. The biggest YouTuber, Yoga with Adrian, it's called Find What Feels Good, FWFG.com, F as in Frank. That's her site on Uscreen, um, and she's the biggest YouTuber. So that's her membership site with, with Uscreen is uh, Find What Feels Good. And then we have all types of fitness, yoga, HIIT workouts, cycling, a lot of spinning at home. Um, meditation. Then you have um, e-learning content, right? A lot, a lot of educational content, right? Everything from courses to teaching magic. There's a cool customer called Magic Stream on our network. It's the Netflix of magic. That's a popular one. All types of English teaching. That's from all types of subject, from math all the way to you know teaching a skill, um, best practices, and so forth. And then you have entertainment content, documentaries, films, uh, and a lot of cool ones, which started to actually really accelerate after the pandemic is uh, comedy, symphonies, orchestras, theater, arts, festivals, live events. So that definitely expanded uh, after the pandemic, but it was always there. And I would say overall, the acceleration of all the contents I just named did really expand after the pandemic. That's really interesting. It's no surprise, really. It's common sense, perhaps now as we're a year into the pandemic, that we're seeing these things happen in marketing and just in life, where I think about live streaming and the popularity of that. In fact, I recorded a podcast about that yesterday, just the growth of live streaming. I think about devices, um, so the rise in devices like Facebook portal and people accessing through different communication software. So none of this is particularly surprising, but it is interesting to hear of some of the the breadth of different, I think what perhaps during the early pandemic and even just over the last few years, we associated live streaming with maybe musicians, perhaps sports, but now it's really expanding into lots of different industries. And I think people are realizing that there are actually no limitations to creating your own channels, creating your own networks and taking control of this content. And actually, that's a good transition into what I wanted to talk about next, because like I said, I think that most people may be listening to the podcast. Most people, just your average YouTube or social media user, are familiar with the idea of membership sites. In fact, we've seen that in the pandemic with OnlyFans and people using that to access exclusive content for in different industries. And we've seen it over the years with ticketed events. But I think the best way and maybe a good understanding of Uscreen will be to compare it to 
just maybe single channel live streaming. So what are the benefits of using Uscreen in comparison to perhaps having your own YouTube channel? Can you maybe break that down? Yeah, absolutely. And let's look at it two ways, right? So YouTube primarily will always be a free it's that's what they do best. It's a free resource for videos, all types of videos. And usually 80, 90% of the content consumed on YouTube is either educational learning, right? How to videos uh, or entertainment. That's the most common. And it's known for being a free resource. Now YouTube has, for example, YouTube subscriptions where you can take some of the content and put it behind a paywall. But guess what? few downsides to that one is you don't own your audience so that's the worst downside i think of youtube subscriptions or other marketplace type shared services which is you don't know who those customers are all you're doing is pretty much getting a revenue share youtube another downside takes 30 percent of Mm -hmm. each sale so imagine you charge ten dollars a month hey support me as a creator I'll charge $10 a month for these additional seven hours of video, but then YouTube takes 30% of that. That's huge. We don't take 30%. If you really calculate our fees, it's less than 1%. So um, that's one. Two is you don't own the audience on YouTube. You don't know who the subscribers are. Who are the, what are their emails? Where are they located? What's their demographics? Can you upsell to them? No, you can't. You don't know who they are. So that's the biggest deal. And that goes back to the initial point you were saying of owning your platform, owning your ecosystem is what's starting to happen. It was already happening. We were talking about it since four or five years ago at Uscreen, and so were other competitors and alternatives is, hey, own your membership site, own your audience so you can upsell to them. Everyone's been saying that, own your email list. That's been happening for a while. There was a niche amount of users that came to us and they were like, hey guys, we don't want to be on YouTube. We don't want to be on Patreon. We want to own our content or not on OnlyFans. We want to be on Uscreen owning our content or alternatives. But now that's expanded. As YouTube demonetizes more, people realize the value of really owning your own business. That's where the middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, people start to realize, okay, I have an audience. Now I want to build a business. That's when they come to Uscreen. So really the simplest way to say it is when you're ready to build a business, you come to Uscreen. Not only do you own your audience, but we give you marketing tools completely built in. All the email automation, abandoned cart sequences, automations, landing pages, sales pages, all the checkout, optimized, a lot of testing, all those different things are completely built in to help you make more money. So when you want to run that business, own your audience and continue to expand, that's when you really come to use screen. That's why our business really started to move forward is when the pandemic happened and it's still here today, unfortunately, everyone is like, okay, how am I going to make money online? Because that's what's happening. Money is shifting. Of course, the in-person gyms, theaters, those are all shut down at the moment are very limited, but people are still in some ways generating income online or different places. And that money, the way they spend saving the dollars they were spending at dinner are now being spent online. So the money is shifting per se to online and everyone's starting to realize that. Mm. And actually, this leads nicely into what I wanted to ask in a little bit more depth about the platform. So two questions here i'm just trying to think of a way to combine them but perhaps if you could let's say i'm a well actually let's just take this podcast for example so 
you know, I produce content, I produce this podcast at Site Visibility. We have lots of content. Let's say that we wanted to launch into creating our own video channel, putting that behind a membership site. Perhaps could you, alongside those benefits that you've just discussed, could you talk me through the process that someone like us could go through and would go through with Uscreen to get a channel live and alongside that, the features of your platform help me understand what I'm using within your platform? Yeah, absolutely. So to get set up on Uscreen is kind of, we have a three-step process. One is launch, right? And it's a matter of just having your videos, creating your thumbnails, uploading them, setting your price. And we have a success team here, which then helps you grow. That's the second part. And they really help you with the average prices, average trial days, um, how to make things organized and very easy to access for users, because that's really important. That's actually one of the common reasons people cancel is they have a hard time finding that content. Because the use screen look is looks like Netflix, right? It's got the categories and then it has the videos in rows. So for that reason, being able to find what you're looking for is really important. So we, we teach you how to organize and sort your content. And then the third way is really to retain and grow your business, which our success team helps with that as well. So we implement the marketing tools. We show you how to use those and best practices and so forth. So ultimately, what you need to come and succeed on Uscreen is you need to bring your content. You need to bring your videos. Your finished video is ready to go. We do the rest. We have the landing page builder, the website builder, all the FAQs, all that good stuff. And you can even get your apps on the App Store. So you can get your own channel in the App Store for Roku, for Apple TV. If you go to the App Store, you search it. It's your app in the App Store. In your developer account, we do all the work to publish it, maintain it, update it, make it look awesome with all your aesthetics. Uh, same with an iOS app, Android app, Android TV, Google TV, all that good stuff. So we have over eight apps that you can launch. And it does on-demand as well as live streaming. It supports one-time sales for on-demand, live streaming, live event, as well as subscriptions, different tiers of subscriptions, monthly, annually, semi-annually, all your analytics. It's an all-in-one platform. That's actually something, Scott, I learned from the hosting business is in web hosting, what I did is I didn't just provide basic hosting. Um, I did e-commerce hosting. So I was pretty much like a Shopify competitor, but I resold the shopping cart called Miva. They're still around in San Diego. So in that case, what I learned is you got to be all in one. People want to focus on their business. They don't want to build this, connect analytics, do that, connect MailChimp. You can connect MailChimp and Uscreen too, but generally speaking, now you got to learn MailChimp. Then they update their interface. Now what happens? How do the Zapier triggers work? What happens if I do this? What if I use abandoned cart? Can I send the emails out? It's so many things to learn when the internet is moving so fast. You want to be responsible and growing your business rather than trying to figure out the tech stack. And I totally believe as we continue to grow as a massive movement for the internet, everyone involved, you see how fast technology is moving. The technology aspect, of course, is still important to have certain features and so forth. I don't diminish that. But the technology aspect of you know, who you're hosted on and so forth becomes less and less, less, and less relevant. For example... When you come to Uscreen five years ago, the first question customers would ask us were the first three was, where are your videos hosted? Who are you streaming with? Is it on Amazon? What CDN do you use? 
No one asks that anymore. They just expect video to work. And in three, five years, no one's, they're going to, the end user just wants the video to stream. They expect autoplay. They expect a premium experience. They expect you to be in the app stores. It's just given, right? So the platform in this case, the technology just needs to work. It needs to be beautiful. It needs to be feature full. You got to focus on your business. So the all-in-one aspect is something I adopted very early on. And trust me on this one, our tech team really struggled with that the first three years. They wanted to connect to all these different services and do APIs, which we still use some of those services in order to accelerate our software adoption. But it's not easy to build an all-in-one platform, but it's what the user needs. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In terms of timelines, let's say I've got an idea, I've got some existing content, and I wanted to take that content to use screen and go live with a channel on fire tv i appreciate that there's lots of variables involved with that but do you have an average length of time it takes to get people live there's definitely a length of time and it's very straightforward on average we launch apps within 30 to 60 days we usually give a timeline of 60 to 90 days to be make it simple the reason for that is you have to give me your app icon you have Mm -hmm. to go and set up a Amazon account for Fire TV. We give you all the instructions and step by step and even do a webinar to show you how. But some people will take two weeks to do that. So on average, uh, we say 60 to 90 days, we get our app out under 60 days. Interesting. And just as you're talking there, I think you mentioned logos and icons, but I was thinking that one other benefit, and it's a small benefit in comparison to monetization and all of the other benefits you just mentioned, but is branding. So with YouTube, you can't fully, you can brand the videos themselves, but not the platform. 
So you have greater control, I'm assuming, of branding when you're using Uscreen. Is that correct? You're 100% right. With Uscreen, you fully launch your own business. It's your brand, your name, your content, and you 100% on your audience. So it pretty much looks like your own Netflix. And so what are some of the obstacles? Let's say, let's say that someone's, well, actually, this is a good starting point. So I'm assuming that you work with brands and creators that already have some existing video content and they're not thinking of launching video content for the first time. Is that correct? Or do you help people launch from scratch as well? Yeah, no, most, well, we're middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. So do I have customers that come to us that haven't launched videos yet? Yeah, absolutely. That's why we have a lower tier plan to get you started. So yes, there's some customers that have not launched anything yet that are starting out. They see there's a platform. They look at our examples. They're like, wow, I could do this. I could create a yoga class. I could do entertainment. I could do that. That definitely happens. Um, majority, I wouldn't say it's more than 70, 75% already have video content. And they're like, okay, I got to monetize. I already have a following on Instagram or LinkedIn or YouTube, whatever that may be. So it's a mix of both, but majority probably already have content. Do some start out? Yes. But do we help them with production, editing? No. We have other partners that do that, but we don't actually do the capture or the editing post-production for you. And I'm curious to know, so the process sounds fairly straightforward and it's really exciting for someone like me to hear the access to creating channels and creating networks and is the gatekeepers are and have been removed and now it's easier to do that than ever. So I'm always curious to know the flip side about the common obstacles So what prevents people from actually launching channels? Are there any common obstacles that you come up against when working with creators or brands? Yeah, probably the most common is they have absolutely no audience, no following, no email list, right? And then they have no idea how to launch an ad, how to create an email list, how to reach an audience because they don't have any audience. So they're completely starting from zero. That's like anything else. I don't have any restaurant or food experience myself. So if I were to go, and I live in Washington, D.C. So if I were to go to any of the areas in D.C., it's pretty expensive. But if I were to go to anywhere with decent foot traffic, it would be really hard for me to figure out the restaurant, menu, real estate, how much am I going to break even, all that stuff. I don't know anything about that business. So the same type of customers that come to us that know nothing about online and expect to just put a video and then become big um, because we get that. That's why we actually say it's kind of like build your own Netflix. We used to say it a lot more. We don't say it as much because a lot Mm -hmm. of people get that false interpretation that, oh my God, I'm going to be as big as Netflix. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, we kind of stay away from that a little bit more now. But if someone were to say, hey, how does this look? I would say it looks like Netflix. Yeah. So it's like anything else. It's an online business. And when we were talking about that shift in income, the same concept applies. It really is a shift of income that you're creating online. So it's an online business. There's no difference. There's online real estate, which is SEO. There's in-person real estate, which is the land. Same concept, right? They're both hard to acquire. Yeah, it sounds like as you're talking, the limitations or the obstacles you face are less to do with your technical challenges or your technical expertise. It's more the expectations of users who are perhaps coming to you and maybe they're not quite ready to launch a channel yet because they haven't got their strategy, their vision 
solidified. That is that fair? That's actually a very good observation. There's zero technical knowledge required to launch. That's what we do, right? And just imagine this. Fitness in general is, I think, about quarter of our business or so. But I think fitness people would say this too. They say this to me. They say they're the least techie people, right? Mm -hmm. And, And probably the older generation. But that's what they tell me. And that's what we experience as well. So I'm just saying what they're saying. So the average teacher, yoga teacher, whatever age demographics they're on, they just want to do their fitness and engage their audience and have a good time and really provide an awesome experience to their users in person or online. They they know they have no technology. So the technology is absolutely the least of your worries. The question is, what are you going to provide a value that people are willing to pay for? And how are you going to reach your audience? I think those are the two biggest challenges. And uh, just a couple of questions about the platform itself and what's inside it that come to mind as you're talking. So the first, I'm interested to know, is it as simple or am I simplifying it too much? The the ability to get live on each individual platform. So in the CMS, do you have the ability to, is it kind of a one-click distribution type scenario or is there more to it than that? That's my first question. It's absolutely click and point. All the landing pages, oh, wow. everything is pre-built. It's it's a WYSIWYG builder. Now oh, that's interesting. And the the second one was about uh, we were talk- you were talking actually about membership access, and you were saying how you want to control and understand who your subscribers are and actually have that data. So when people are subscribing, it, when people are subscribing to the membership options, does that subscriber data then appear in the CMS and you have access to that? Yeah, absolutely. The yeah. full CMS is a content management system as well as a member management system. So everything from upselling your customers, managing them, resetting their passwords, seeing what they watch, analytics, everything is built in. Amazing. And actually that leads nicely to what I wanted to talk about next, which was the examples that you've seen of successful channels being built and then what the trends are that you see, I guess, what leads them to be successful? What do you see and what do you think leads them to be successful? Yeah, absolutely. I think the most successful customers I see do a few things correctly. One is they don't overwhelm the user. Too much content is just content overload. And uh, we actually did a study of our customers and why they cancel. And one of the reasons was content overload, too much content. And not just that, they can't find what they're looking for. So one of the features we have in our catalog, which is just unique to us, as simple as it is, is sorting. We have sorting by filters, duration of video or workout, uh, body part, whatever filter you want to put, right? Genre, location, language, all these are filters. That's a big one. So one is don't overwhelm the user, give them what they want, make it easy to find. Quality of video is also important if it has bad sound, uh, shaky camera, those things no one likes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, being able to reach your audience. So knowing who that audience is and then how to target them. So you might have an email list, right? You might need help or ads or retargeting to reach that audience, but you need to know who they are. So definitely being able to um, pinpoint and know who your audience is, is really important. Think about it. If you say, okay, well, I'm doing workouts. I'm going to teach you how to do the most amazing workout. It could be hit. It could be cycling. 
Cycling is a good example. It's used that I, I do cycling at home. I don't have a Peloton. I just use my bike on a bicycle trainer and I put a video just like our customers on mm. the same monitor I'm looking at now. And then I'll do a workout. In this case, cycling is very general. Who is going to watch the cycling video? Because a soul cycle class is different than someone like wheelhouse on our platform or um, bespoke based uh, in Montreal. It, bespoke speaks French. Their average audience might be from X age to X age, where Soul Cycle, they really focus on that Soul Cycle experience the sound, the music you hear, the instructors. So you got to know who's coming to watch that video. I think it, that's important in all types of marketing and really important in online marketing because when you run ads, you got to know who you're trying to target. And I'm interested to know about more unique examples that are maybe more personally interesting to you. So you talked earlier about magicians using the platform. And really what I'm trying to do is bring to life for our listeners the capabilities of this platform being used outside of a, a couple of different industries. So have you had any personally favorite examples of creators or brands that are using Uscreen to launch their own channels? Yeah, absolutely. If fun customer that it, it's fun for me and I really enjoy watching their content. They do an amazing job with production. The music is awesome. It's a bland band called blue October. They were going to have in-person events pandemic happened. So they shifted fully to online. The website is get backup.tv. So G E T B A C K U P.tv get backup.tv. It's a bland, uh, band, Blue October. They do an awesome job, beautiful production, great music. I love checking out their content. That's one. And I think it's for a good cause, actually, as well. There's many like that. I like the niche fitness creators that are on our platform. Like if you do yoga, I told, I said yoga with Adrian, but there's another, the many. One of my other favorites is Sarah Beth Yoga or Clara Robert Oss. These are all individual creators that have their own audience, right? Really good spinning classes on our network that I love. Bespoke was the one I named. That's the classes that I purchased personally. Um, Birdie Time is another one. It's B-I-R-D-I-E Time. And they actually do golf lessons, uh, which I enjoy playing a little bit of golf. So I enjoy watching that. If you're into music, a really cool creator is called Fader Pro, F-A-D-E-R-P-R-O, FaderPro.com. They do um, some of the really cool uh, music producers show you how they mix content and do their audio and all that stuff. Um, so some really cool content there. There's some uh, popular uh, influencers on our network like Naturally Sassy, Max Maxwell, um, if you do makeup, signature TV. So as you see, there's all types of content on the network. A lot of entertainment, meaningful entertainment, a lot of them for a good cause. And, you know, faith, spirituality, kids content. There's actually, I don't have kids, but uh, BBC Muzzy. Muzzy, the cartoon on BBC is on our network, as well as Art for Kids Hub. Great show with, you know, really good art that you can uh, do with your kids and all that good stuff. So, I mean, there's, there's, uh, I think about uh, 11,000 creators on our network. And, you know, there's, there's a lot, all types of uh, verticals. And 
you spoke earlier about different features of the platform and we spoke a lot about video on demand but i think very early on in the intro you also you also mentioned live content so i'm assuming the same principles can be applied to live content so your creators your brands that are using uscreen have the ability to set different membership options or different monetizations of live content through their channels as well is that correct absolutely so you can do on demand right which is pretty much like your netflix experience and then you have live streaming which is live events um some people do live webinars but most of it is live events right so live event for a symphony orchestra music uh yoga concerts all that good stuff and that live event automatically is recorded to vod video on demand afterwards as well I mean, I've got a, a much better understanding that's fascinating to me. As I said, I've I've been thinking more about video on demand and building just the ability of creators to take their own channels and networks into their own hands more as I've become a Rocky user. Before I was a Rocky user, I didn't really think about that too much. But now I've started to see like there are comedians that I follow or have subscribed to previously on YouTube. And I've gone into the Roku store and I've seen that they've got their own channels and they're it's essentially, in some respects, a, a little bit of an alternative to Patreon in that Patreon, some people host exclusive content behind Patreon subscriptions. But in this instance, you're taking control of the channel and taking control, as you said, of all of the other membership and marketing features behind it as well. I'm really interested in where this might go into the future. So for context, I was speaking to recently, I think it's going to be on the podcast shortly, to a company that's offering it's restreaming, but through mo- multiple social media profiles. So they offer live stream content, but they allow the technical capability to do that via multiple multiple social media profiles. And I'm curious to know from your perspective, a similar question in terms of video on demand. Are there any trends that you see into the future that marketers and creators should be aware of and that excite you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say first in what I know, as far as video and monetization goes, I think the adoption of video will continue to rise and we're going to see so many more different types of apps and services around video. For example, TikTok is oftentimes brought up and I hear it and people are so amazed in the West Coast, uh, like specifically, I'm talking about the United States. Some of my friends and family, they're like, oh my God, have you seen TikTok? It's amazing. Did you ever expect it to get this big? To be honest, if you look at China, they have many variations of TikTok from a few years ago. China's live streaming in general, live content, especially from a social aspect, is five years ahead of the United States, significantly, maybe even more, but five years in tech is a long time. So, no, it's not a surprise that TikTok is big in the West Coast because China's been doing it for over three, five years. They're significantly more advanced. So when you look at China for some of the trends, live video is going to continue to take off. Monetization of live will continue to take off and video will just continue to expand. But that doesn't mean other types of forms of content won't. Podcasts um, and you know written content, obviously, and so many different types of content will continue to expand. Uh, within those mediums and, and all types of services. So I think that's just inevitable as more and more people create content, they're going to find more ways to make money. Will it all be kind of subscription and one-time sales? Maybe not. I think it's going to significantly expand, even maybe ad-based. Um, 
And also like within health and wellness, you're going to see a lot more connected fitness within our platform. We actually have an Apple watch integration, which is pretty cool. So you can fully, if you have an Apple watch, it connects to your workout, shows your heart rate and all that stuff, similar to the Apple fitness service. So you can have your own Apple fitness per se with an Apple watch, which is pretty awesome. And we did that for our customers so they can you kind of compete with Apple and they do. They're more niche. Apple's general fitness with really good instructors. You now have your own audience that you're going to serve that content to. So more connected devices within fitness, possibly more AI in the future, but we're definitely a little bit more away from that. A lot of cool tools will come around live streaming. So for live events, orchestras, fitness, ticket sales, all that good stuff, I think we'll see a lot more opportunity there. There's no doubt that the pandemic accelerated the adoption of us watching content remotely. We've been forced to do it. For that reason, we picked up new habits. And guess what? We know how to do it. Before, people were like, why the heck would I work out from home? I can go to the gym. That was the norm. Right. If you told someone you work out from home, they'd be like, "Okay, well, don't you get distracted by your dog or something like that? Some people still did it. But now you tell that to someone, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I do yoga with Adrian. I do cycling at home like myself, Scott. I don't like working out from home, but now I do it really well and I enjoy it. It took a few times, to be honest. I gave up during the pandemic. I didn't like it. But now I put my bicycle on a trainer. I get on. I'm done. And it's awesome. And I take a shower and I'm back to work in 30 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. So when the gym would have taken two and a half hours for the same workout. So Mm -hmm. more and more are watching content, more and more things will come. They'll change. We'll adopt it. And just technology adoption due to the pandemic has accelerated. You look at Uber, the phone came, all of a sudden that shift and just remotely ordering pretty much a taxi to come right at your door. Um, changed everything. So I think the same thing will happen with remote content consumption now. Mm. I really like that thought about, and and I'll I'll close the podcast on this thought as a nice note to end on, but the idea of the wearable technology connecting with the video on demand platforms and the live streaming, because I think we're at the early stages of that. So for example, you've just said you can, at the moment, I think most of us will probably understand that you can connect fitbit devices or to your apple watches or to content that's on your screen but that becomes even more customizable as the technology barriers decrease between these devices and between the kind of solutions that you're creating at uScreen. so i think that's really interesting and a, a really interesting thing to about think about for the future and where content and live stream content and video on demand content is actually just becoming more engaging and more immersive so that's fascinating, and that's something that I'm really excited about. You must be excited to be at the heart of that at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And we're really humbled by being able to help so many individuals, businesses, influencers, whomever they may be, to actually be able to earn and make a living and um, really grow their business online. It really is humbling to be a part of that. Um, we've obviously been in a position where we've been lucky Um, But we don't take that for granted and we really push hard to do whatever we can to help our customers. And that's actually one of the differences and differentiator of Uscreens. We're not just a platform to host your video. We help you grow your business. We're one of the few or the only streaming tool, but there's course, course platforms and alternatives that do this. We're the only streaming platform that has built in marketing tools and helps you retain and grow your customer base. So you grow, we grow. 
We fully believe in that. So we really have a success team that helps you. So yeah, we're excited to be a part of this journey and we have a lot of work to do to help our customers succeed and continue to be one of the leading platforms. And on that note, before I let you go, do you want to let our listeners know where they can find out more about you and more about Uscreen? Yeah, absolutely. You can check us out on uscreen.tv. That's the letter U and then screen like computer screen.tv. Uh, you can, uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So just search my name, PJ Tai, PJ, and then last name T-A-E-I. And I'll look forward to connecting with everybody. Thank you. Brilliant. I'll put those links in the show notes. And thanks again so much for your time. Absolutely. A pleasure. Thank you. Brilliant. Take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 